Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 02890-333-105-077-66-105-105. Let me speak to a man who knows more about hotels than most. He's been there since Adam was a boy at his hotel in Irvinstown. Joe, Joe Mahan. Joe, good morning. Hi, Frank. How are you All is good, Joe. All is good. What way are you organised for today, Joe, and how much interest is there in a stay in Irvinstown? Yes, yeah, um, the last couple of weeks now, the phone hasn't stopped ringing. There's people ringing, looking breaks and things. And uh, the weekends, we'll all pull up for the next few weeks. And uh, we're going to say a few fishermen back next week as well. So the um, things are looking up there. Yeah, that is a good sign because whenever we talk about the north coast, we think of the like the motorbikes and the and the golf. In Fermanagh and in your area in particular, the, the fishing clientele are very important to the economy. Well, they are, sure do, yeah. I, know, I run fishing festivals there myself, and, and normally five weeks of fishing festivals myself, and then the council runs a couple of matches, and a couple of other boys run matches. We've lost them all the last, week, last, last year and started this year. But uh, hopefully, well, we'll one next week, and then September, they're back on again, I think, in September. And what about the likes of festivals away from fishing? The, the, the Lady of the Lake type festival and other community festivals, that must have been a big setup, a big setback when they're not on for the hospitality game. Yeah, well, last year, the festival last year was a massive big miss. For it's the first time in 41 years, we have no festival in every time. It was a big miss. Um, we're working on the way, sort of, this year, maybe doing a few things this year online and a few bits and pieces this year for the festival from 19th July to the 13th of July. So we'll maybe have some sort of festival this year, I'm not sure yet. We're just working on it at the minute. Well, it'd be great if it so could happen. Online events, and then we're very lucky now uh, the new people have taken over Neekarn Estate here. I'm just walking the dog here myself at the minute. And Neekarn Estate, and uh, it's given us scope now for a, big, a bigger out, outdoor space and could run more things down here as well. Yeah, a bit of good weather. Nikarn would be absolutely uh, perfect. A lot of people asking questions about, uh, Joe, about the um, weddings and the situation at present. Uh, after the actual ceremony, you know, the, the wedding or the civil partnership reception, the, the reception, uh, there's no restriction on a top table, but there's a restriction of 10 at other tables. Could you explain that to me? That's right, yeah. You maximum 10 people at each table. Um, and then your, well, your top table as well. Just, but, um, we've, we've been doing a few weddings outside in Marquis there, but 
to have um, well, I mean, this week in the marquee there this week then. I tell you what, we are putting this week we're putting um, just eight to a table this week in the wedding this week you know, so. And is there is there any is there any number is there any limit on the number of people who can attend the the wedding or or is it is it based on the guidelines of the hotel whatever is suitable for the hotel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each hotel has to do a risk assessment on based on the size of their size of their function room. So um, you can just depend on your capacity and then put half the capacity. So this. Yeah, so there's certainly progress uh, being made on a on a grand scale if it all continues to go to if it all continues to go to, to plan. And maybe you could answer this other one for me, Joe. Are children taken into account in the head count in a in a restaurant? Are children part of the head count? No, children aren't part of the head count. So no. Um, it's just adults part of the head count. Okay, that's clear that up first. Thanks, thanks very much, uh, Joe. Cookie was asking uh, that question. There are so many different advisories, laws, rules that even for you know, I, I know for me, trying to remember it all in my head, I just can't do it. At the beginning of COVID, I understood it all. Now, now I have to refer back to screen after screen to be able to remind myself of of the guidelines. For, for you guys who are responsible for delivering them, uh, you, you must have to tutor the staff well. That's right. We're having constant meetings with the staff and seeing what we can do. But, uh, you're right there, Frank. Everybody seems to have different um, guidance to what, what they have to do. And it is very confusing, but um, but I think it's just common sense is the main thing. Follow common sense. We get through all this. And when are you hoping to get the, the live music back? Because your hotel's famous for that, Joe. It's hard to know the live music. Um, <coughs> we were, I was having there the other day. <coughs> I've having a <coughs> sorry, having a music here at the Nikarn and the 11th of June outside. So we can have up to 500 outside there. So I think we're going ahead of that outside. Yeah, small step in the, in the right direction. But in the meantime, Mahan's Hotel in Irvinstown open for business as from this morning, Joe. That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, doors, doors open this morning there at half seven. And we have a good few people in for breakfast. And, and uh, there's. We've opened a new pavement cafe at the side as well. If people want to sit inside, they can still sit outside. Lovely. And we have a red telephone box, red telephone box in the middle of the pavement cafe. That's a nice feature. Uh, lovely stuff. Uh, lovely stuff. Joe, uh, have a good summer. I hope it goes from strength to strength. Thanks for speaking to us this morning. Good talking to you, Frank. Thank you. I'm so forward to seeing you back in Irvington, probably for the festival. The su- the listen, I'll be there. You send me an invite, I'll be there. <laughs> the oh, b- the best festival of all. Uh, Joe, th- thank you. Thank Joe Mahan from uh, Mahan's Hotel in Irvington. Uh, reference there, the Lady of the Lake Festival, which is probably the best, as I say, in Ireland. Um, 028-90-333-105. This is the U105 phone in. It doesn't look good for the DUP at this present minute in time with regards to the figures that were published in the Belfast Telegraph over the weekend from Lucid Talk. Bill White is from Lucid Talk. Uh, Bill, just briefly, for people who may not have uh, cast an eye over them, remind us of the main statistics and why it reflects so poorly on the Democratic Unionist Party at this minute. Uh, yes, good morning, Frank. Uh, well, yes, uh, the, the DEP are down again from our previous poll, which is in January. We do these polls on a quarterly basis now, and uh, they're on 19% in January, which, of course, was um, pretty well down on their 
Uh, previous poll and also the, on the assembly election score that they got, which was around 28% in 2017. So they're now down another three points to 16%. Um, Sinn Féin were dropping in our previous polls where they've consolidated, they've steadied the ship as it were, they're on 25%. The Alliance Party fully had upper equal in our poll on the, the uh, with the DUP and 16%. I should say these are vote shares. This is the share of the vote in the whole of Northern Ireland. So it's a different thing from actually predicting seats and the many seats they would win, etc. But obviously it feeds into that. Uh, the SDLP and 12%. UUP, interestingly, up got a bit of a bounce, maybe to do with Doug Beattie taking over as leader. They're on 14%. TUV, and they're the, the big gainers in this. They've gone up in our polls over the last year or so from 6%, to, they went up to 10% in the last poll, and now they're up an extra point again to 11% of the Northern Ireland vote share we're projecting, and then uh, people pull for profit and the others on 2% each. So that's a quick summary of the situation, Frank. For the politicians who ignore what you're doing, and many of them when they've got a red arrow pointing downwards on the front of the paper, they will say, oh, it's just a snapshot in time, and it's what it's what happens in the ballot box that, that matters. What, what would your message be to those, especially to Edwin Poots, who on the front of the paper uh, is alongside a red arrow going down, DUP down 3%, and a, a reminder that there are at 16%, whereas Sinn Féin are at 25%. That's true, that's true. Well, there are polls there for predicting, obviously, Sinn Féin, if there was to be an assembly election tomorrow, today, but as you said, this is a snapshot of, uh, of what people are thinking in a period of time. It's a balanced representative sample. It's a little sort of, uh, you know, Photoshop of a mini Northern Ireland. It's a little shot of that. So it's pretty representative and we're pretty, you know, we're pretty confident in our methodologies. Our track record shows that. So, but it would show that, yes, Sinn Féin are going to be the largest party and probably get the largest number of seats. Your point about, yes, uh, you know, politicians, you know, have a view. It's, it's only the election on the day that counts. To a certain extent, that's true. Things can change. This is just a point, uh, you know, a photo, a photo in the, or a shot of the situation now. Over the next three, six months, I'm sure Edwin Puts will, you know, want to bring in policies that he believes are going to can reconnect with his voter base again, because no doubt about it, I think everybody accepts they have lost, maybe, you know, they've lost a bit of confidence in their own voter base and the general people who normally vote DUP. So he'll want to see this poll score going up again by the time of our summer poll in August and also our autumn poll in October, November. So uh, particularly because that's only six months before the next uh, Northern Ireland Assembly election, which, as you know, Frank, is in May uh, next year. So, um, yes, I mean, you say politicians say that normally they tend to say when the arrow's on the way down, as you say, oh, well, we don't take too much notice of the polls, blah, blah, blah. And then once, of course, the arrow goes up for their party, uh, they're on the media saying, well, actually, as the recent polls showed, uh, we are on our way up again. So. When we take it with a pinch of salt, what politicians say, and that doesn't just apply in Northern Ireland, Frank, that applies all around the world. Uh, so President Trump, when the polls were going down, said they're all rubbish. And then once a poll said he was going up, he was on the media saying, what a tremendous poll this is. And this shows what the people are thinking. So, uh, uh, we, you know, but I, I do, politicians do follow them. It gives them trends. Uh, in terms of what's happening, and um, but yes, uh, you know, don't. Uh, I would advise Edmund Pitch don't get too, you know, uh, over emphasising looking at the poll. And I'm sure he won't. Uh, but uh, but obviously he knows that the DUP have suffered a bit, particularly with the Northern Ireland Protocol and all the rest of it. And he he, he he needs to do some things, and obviously you know steady the ship.
Well, leaders certainly are changing in unionism. They've uh, changed over the last week or so, last couple of uh, weeks. Uh, there's always part of the poll that looks at how popular individual well-known faces are. Uh, most of those leaders would probably love to be uh, Robin Swan, who, who isn't a leader, but who is the most popular politician in Northern Ireland. Yes, indeed, uh, we did. We called the political leaders in inverted commas, you know, people who are prominent in the political environment. We polled on them and asked, look, do you think this particular senior politician, to use that term, is doing doing very well, doing very bad, or just don't know, not sure? And yes, Robin comes out uh, as, as much the more um, positive in that. Yeah, 78% of Northern Ireland scored him doing as a good or great job. Only 19% a bad job and 12% don't know. Um, Edwin Poots has kicked off and obviously we said, look, try to think of how Edwin Poots may perform as a leader because he was only appointed as leader just as we kicked off this poll, Frank. So it's a little bit early days, certainly. Uh, but to be fair, he's come in at 62% bad performance, you know, 10% good performance. Uh, interestingly, again, Doug Beatty uh, kicked off fairly well. He's 36%. Uh, good performance, uh, 22% bad performance. Those ratings actually are much better than Steve Aiken ever got, interestingly enough. So, Doug, you know, the UUP may be hit on something there. He is an affable character. People seem to like him. And these things are important in politics, Frank. As we always say, you know, politics, particularly when you come to elections, is nearly as much Simon Carl and X Factor as it is about policies and manifestos. People have to, you know, feel relate to a political leader, etc. Uh, your point about Robin Swan is not particularly surprising. This applies across the world. We ha- we're in the middle of a pandemic. The health minister gets empathy. Gets Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
sympathy. People want him to do well. People want the vaccine rollout to continue successfully. So uh, naturally, when that's going well, which it seems to be in Northern Ireland, as you know, then naturally he's going to get a bit of credit for it. But, uh, you know, when the pandemic passes, as we hope it will pass, um, uh, you know, you may see his, his ratings dropping a bit just quite naturally. It's not a criticism of it. It's just that health then may not be as prominent in the news, uh, Frank, if you know what I mean. Of course, uh, having a high profile is always an advantage or certainly is usually yeah. an advantage. What, what about the reaction to other so-called leaders, people like Michelle O'Neill, Naomi Long, Colm Eastwood? Yeah, well, Michelle O'Neill is, is, has improved a little bit in terms of her leader rating, but it hasn't been particularly good. Her and Arlene Foster, uh, before uh, Edwin Pooch took over, haven't really ever got very good ratings in terms of over the last six, nine months a year. Michelle O'Neill's in 49% bad, 26% good, to use that summary term. Um, we did actually uh, also poll in Arlene, but she's still a prominent political leader. She's still first minister after all. She's 50% bad rating, 24% good rating. So, uh, you know, both of them are not scoring very well, but they haven't scored pretty well in our polls, or very well in our polls over the last, uh, you know, six, nine months, Frank. Nobody longs scores always pretty well, 43% good, 35% bad. Interestingly, we also analyse these by unionists and nationalists, which you tend to get in Northern Ireland. The fact is, Frank, that the nationalists tend to score unionist leaders lower and the unionists tend to score the nationalist leaders lower. That's just the society we live in. So it's interesting to see where the middle ground is and what they do. But, um, and, you know, where Naomi Long scores come from. But if you look at Naomi Long's bad score, just the bad score alone, which is 35% bad, uh, that's how Northern Ireland scored Naomi Long. 51% of unionists scored her bad or very bad performance. Only 16% of nationalists and obviously only 4% of Alliance Green and other voters. You would expect that to be very low, which it is. But for over one in two unionists score Naomi Long uh, as a bad or very bad performer, which is typical for polls as well. The unionists tend to be more critical or don't, if you like, don't like the alliance leader and don't like the alliance party generally more than nationalists do, which, uh, you know, well, I find find quite uh, quite interesting. Not surprisingly, the jury's a little bit out in Doug Beatty. The good and bad performance scores are, you know, lower than what the don't knows are. There's about 40 to 50% don't knows for Doug Beatty. So, uh, but it's still fairly good scores for Doug. But you should you should be aware that there is a high, just the jury's out on him at the moment, just from people saying, well, you know, let's see how he does. Jim Allister, interestingly enough, is one of the lowest scores within unionism in terms of a bad or very bad performer. Only 22% of unionists score Jim Allister as bad or very bad performer. 36% of unionists score Arlene Foster as bad or very bad and 43% of unionists score Edwin Poots as a bad or very bad performer. So, you know, that tells its own story. Unionists may not support, some unions may not support Jim Allison, but there's a certain amount of, you know, respect for him, if you like, or that type of thing. You didn't mention the SDLP in any of that. Where are they? Oh, good point, good point. Sorry, yes, indeed. Yes, the SDLP, Colm Eastwood, doing reasonably well. Colm Eastwood um, the, uh, scoring 29% bad or very bad. Um, and he scores, uh, where are we here? He scores 42% good to very good. So pretty good performer. Very similar to Nomi Long, actually. That sort of pattern. Uh, when we look down at the breakdown of the communities, uh, 36% of unionists score column bad or very bad, which actually indirectly is a good result, actually. That's only one in three score that of unionists, remember, unionists who score column Eastwood, taking into account the columns of nationalists, um, obviously, uh, that, that is actually indirectly a very good score. 20% of nationalists 
probably the same, well, 19%, around the same score as, as Michelle O'Neill. 20% of nationalists, one in five score. Um, Column Eastwood is a bad, a very bad performer, and then a, a relatively low number, 6% of Alliance Green and other voters. So he scores pretty well as well. Pretty similar, maybe not as good as Nobby Long, but pretty well. And just finally, because um, yep. obviously it says on the front of the page, DUP down 3%, Sinn Féin up 1%, Alliance down 2 UUP up 2 If the paper had chosen to put the SDLP on the front, which it didn't, would it? What, what's the percentage figure for it? Oh, no, sorry, the percentage figure, they, uh, the Alliance Party are down 1 at 12%. They were 13% in their last hold. No, the, the SDLP, the SDLP. The SDLP, sorry, what else? Sorry, I didn't say that. Sorry, I apologise. No, the SDLP are down one at twelve percent, and uh, from our last poll and also the previous poll. But these small movements, we always say, Frank, don't be you know too slavish to them. There's a big movement in the DUP and a big upward move, downward move in the DUP, a big upward move in the TUV, as we know. And I'm prepared to say polls come with an error and all the rest of it. But the trend, I think everybody accepts that there is a trend that there is annoyance within the. DUP grassroots in terms of the Northern Ireland Protocol, the border and the Sea. These other small movements, SDLP to be fair, are on roughly the same as they were six, nine months ago. Alliance Party are sticking around the mid-teens to late teens. So those are all sort of similar results. But the big uh, story, of course, is the movement within the unionist camp and the DUP and the TUV and the slight upward jump in the UUP. That's, uh, that tends to be the, I think that's the main story from the poll. Okay, uh, Bill, that's uh, uh, very uh, concise. Thank you very, very much indeed. Bill White from Lucid Talk. David McCann, of course, was reading it in the Belfast Telegraph and studying it over the weekend. Um, David, I, I suppose, you know, when you look at the graphs and you have a, a peep at the various well-known leaders and their parties, you have to think that over coffee on Saturday morning, Jim Allister was having a bit of a chuckle to himself. As a, as, as a one-man band, he fights way above his weight, doesn't he? He does, he does. But his problem is is that he's still a one-man band. You know, uh, as I, you know, Frank, the last time I was on with you, we were reflecting on a little bit of history. You know, when Ian Paisley founded the DUP, he wasn't just doing that by himself. He had a Nigel Dodds, he had a Peter Robinson. He had a Gregory Campbell, a Sammy Wilson. There were other people in other constituencies to kind of pick up the baton for the DEP and to start winning seats. Jim Allister does, still doesn't have that. Outside of North Antrim, the TUV are not a presence in any other community uh, in Northern Ireland, and that is his problem. I mean, ultimately, I mean, in, in some respects, this poll actually demonstrates uh, a big failure for Jim Allister because they are, I mean, if, 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 we, if we take the figures that, that they're actually pulling uh, up near around the 10% mark, you know, if he had maybe spent the previous 10 years maybe building up the organisation in other parts of Northern Ireland, there could be people there to maybe take advantage of that in other constituencies in the TUV. If you just took a crude reading of that poll and you actually transplanted it to seats and with all the caveats that come with that, the TUV could get around 9 to 11, but they're probably not going to get anywhere near that because they just don't have the infrastructure or the organisation outside of Northampton. Yeah, it's all in how you look at it and how you analyse the figures. And without doubt, the person with the task at the minute is Edwin Poots. Yes, yes, absolutely. And again, uh, the big issue for the leader of the DUP is that, you know, they've got more to lose than anyone else. They've got the most seats, they have the most votes, and again, they've got more to lose. Uh, so Edwin Poots does have a real pack. Now, for many in the DUP, and I won't speak into some of them, they don't believe that the TUV are polling as highly as they are. 
Uh, they think that people are registering maybe a protest against the DUP uh, in this poll and that many of those people will come back to the DUP. Now, even if that is true and if that does happen, the DUP are still trending below the 28% that they got at the last Sunday election. So Edwin Poots needs to, needs to win that back. Because don't forget this, in 2017, Frank, we were all talking about this poor result for the DUP and that this was one of the weakest uh, results that Arnie Foster had scored for the DUP in 2017. So if Edwin comes in below that, you better believe that the 17 people who voted for Jeffrey Donaldson, you better believe that some of those people will be, will be looking around and saying, I told you so. We, went, we made the wrong choice. And, uh, and you may see the issue of the DUP leadership revisited if Edwin scores a, a result that is, that is a good bit below what Arlene Foster achieved in 2017. Just finally and, uh, and briefly for us, David, is it possible to have some sort of pact going into what is an election where you proportional representation as opposed to first past the post? Can, can unionists organise something between now and May or not? What they can do is do transfers. So there's no point doing a pact in a PRSDB election. Well, what, I, what I advise everyone to do, um, uh, and, and it is true, is to fill out your ballot paper all the way down. Use your preferences because they will be used to elect people down the line. So that's what unionists can do, and that's why I suspect they will do. They will encourage uh, DUP, TUV, UUP, will encourage transfers to each other. Uh, in, in order to maximise those seats. Now, on the flip side of that, Frank, you will see the progressive parties, the pro-protocol parties, um, uh, having similar voting trends as well. So Alliance, SDLP, Sinn Féin, uh, uh, all transferring, and the Greens transferring amongst themselves as well. And that will determine an awful lot of seats. So you don't need a formal pact. You just need to encourage transfers. It's going to be, uh, <laughs> there's going to be a lot written about it and a lot read about it between now and next May. You almost get sense that the, the countdown is underway. David, uh, thanks for speaking to us this morning. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Frank. David McCann from Slugger O'Toole with us on the U105 phone in. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.